Coming up on Studios America, Glenn Beck is here to expose the real extremists in our country. There's a new vaccine controversy with Major League Baseball. We'll get into that. But we start it all off by doing Biden versus Reagan. Stu does America. I know what you're saying, Biden versus Reagan, this is not fair. And that's, of course, true, 100 percent true. But I want to give you some perspective on an issue we talk about all the time that you may uh, not have thought about for a little while. Uh, It starts kind of with Joe Biden's age, which is something that we talk about often. In fact, age for important jobs is something even the Biden administration talks about often. They say, look, you can't have certain jobs if you're past a certain age. It's true. The Biden administration now is saying that 66 is too old to be a commercial pilot as the president nears 80. This is I, I don't know if you've put together my next question yet, but I'm, I imagine you have. If you can't be a commercial pilot at 66, perhaps you shouldn't be able to be the president at 80. Now, that's just throwing that. I'm just throwing that one out there. And I don't know if the administration has thought about that at all. But it seems to me that the president of the United States, I mean, look, the worst damage you can do is one plane, right? Like worst case scenario, you're flying a plane, you crash into a mountain. It's one plane. You could blow up the whole country as president of the United States. Now, of course, I don't actually uh, want a 66 age limit for president of the United States. We have some really good ones that have uh, been older than that, including, of course, Ronald Reagan. But have you noticed how the media has all of a sudden discovered that Joe Biden's, you know, really, really old? Started with Politico a couple weeks ago. Youths to Biden. The vibes are off. Yeah, I see. He's a little old. We're not connecting with him. Then there was a New York Times at age at 79. Biden is testing the boundaries of age. The boundaries of age. What are they saying? He's testing the boundaries of age and the presidency. The Washington Post got on the bandwagon. The fight over presidential age is unfolding in the oldest America ever. Then the New York Times released a poll the next day. Most Democrats don't want Biden in 2024. A new poll shows. Well, why don't they want Biden in 2024? Guess why? The number one reason. Age. Also on the list, mental acuity. Add him up. It's number one by quite a bit. Then you have the very next day, Michelle Goldberg, hardcore liberal columnist, quote, Joe Biden is too old to be president again. Look, I think we're sending a very clear example. And, you know, look, the message is is completely clear. And let me give you a quick version of, you know, look, you know what Joe Biden is like. But I kind of want to remind you of what Joe Biden is like. Here he is reading the teleprompter instructions to you. The majority writes, and I quote, women, it's a quote now from the, the majority. Women are not without electoral or political power. It is noteworthy that the percentage of women who register to vote and cast a ballot is consistently higher than the percentage of the men who do so, end of quote. Repeat the line. Women are not without electoral and or political or, or maybe precise, not and or or political power. Oh, now I understand. Poor Kamala. I actually felt bad for Kamala in that clip. And that doesn't happen often. She's just sitting there completely dead inside, standing behind. And she's like, I would just say the same word over and over and over again. That's how I would do it. That's how we came up with VeepThoughts.com. Um, so 
I went down a rabbit hole on, on the YouTubes just a couple weeks ago, and I was just watching, I don't know what, and somehow I got to a Ronald Reagan interview. Ronald Reagan interview on January 17th, 1989, three days before he leaves office. Now remember, Ronald Reagan is a president who five years after this interview would be diagnosed with Alzheimer's, okay? Uh, people were mocking him constantly because he was forgetful and he looked out of it sometimes. That was the shtick on Ronald Reagan. You know, you're familiar with Joe Biden, but you probably have forgotten what Ronald Reagan was like in those later years. You know, you see a lot of clips from 1964 with Reagan, a lot of clips from 1976, a lot of clips from early in his presidency. But you don't always see the ones from late in his presidency. This guy may have even had some effects from the beginnings of Alzheimer's, although that's disagreed upon uh, by a lot of uh, you know, different historians. But let me give you a clip from this. This is him talking to Tom Brokaw three days between, before he leaves office. Listen to the way this guy speaks and listen to what he remembers. Come a long way from that small town in Illinois, Dixon, and the protective warmth of your mother, Nell. What's your earliest memory of your mother's influence on you and what she taught you to do that really shaped your life? Well, she, of course, was a major part. I had a brother, a couple of years older than I am, four in our family, the two of us, and mother and father. And uh, she was probably the kindest human being I've ever known. Now, looking back, I know that we lived in poverty or pretty close to it all the time. But we didn't know that at the time because the government didn't come around and tell us we were poor. And uh, she was always finding someone worse off uh, that we would help. And I remember that about her. Okay, a little story about his mom. No, no big deal there. Just tell him a nice little story about his mom. Just to give you uh, the other side of this, here's Joe Biden again. And by the way, my sympathies to your, the family of your, F, uh, uh, your CFO, who uh, un, dropped dead very unexpectedly. It's my best to their family. <laughs> ah, I, stuff. Uh, I'm so sorry about your, your good buddy dropping dead. Okay, that's Joe Biden. Let's look back now at Ronald Reagan again from uh, January 17th, 1989. Can you recall incidents in your life when you have prayed and God has answered your prayer almost in a specific way? Yes, I think I can. And uh, I believe very much in what Abraham Lincoln said when he had this job. He said he couldn't perform the functions, the duties of this job for 15 minutes if he didn't know that he could call upon one who was wiser and stronger than all others. But in that connection, I think my mother, a lesson that was hammered over and over again, and as I grew up, I really began to realize, and that is when there was a great disappointment, something went wrong. She would say to us, look, just everything happens for a reason and for the best. Now, she said, you may feel bad about this right now, but down the road, something will happen good. And you will, in appreciating that, look back and say, if this, if that hadn't happened, that supposed bad thing, this good thing would not have happened. No stumbling over words. There's no creating brand new words. There's no fumbling. He's just talking clearly uh, about his memories of growing up. And there's something else I want to talk about with these clips specifically. We'll get into it in a second. 
But here's uh, Joe Biden trying to describe something. And an awful lot of work remains to be done abroad and here at home. Muslims make our nation stronger every single day, even as they still face real challenges and threats in our society, including targeted violence and Islamic phobia that exists. I mean, it's just astounding. I'm astounded by and that, too. I won't go into anyway. Okay. Uh, that's the fade that happens often with Joe Biden today. He gets in the middle of a word. He says Islamic phobia, which I don't I, I'm, I can guess at what he meant, but I, I'm not sure. And then instead of explaining it because he doesn't know where he's going, he just says, I don't want to get into that as if it's something so controversial. Going to get him in trouble. Doesn't want to go into it. That wasn't a problem for Reagan back in 1989. I want to give you a, a relatively long clip. And the reason why I made it a long clip and I had to edit it to make it just as short as this, this one's going to be is it's on the heels of the previous question where he talks, he talks about something that went wrong and then wound up, wound up turning up well. And he goes through essentially the entire start of his career in detail, and it lasts a while. This is an edited version of this story, but listen to his recall here. When I hitchhiked home and arrived and was told that a Montgomery Ward store had opened in Dixon, and they had a sporting goods department, and they were looking for someone that was kind of well-known in the town for his high school athletics there and so forth to head up that department. Well, I went down and applied, and I didn't get the job. Fellow a couple of years after me in high school, uh, been quite a basketball sensation, he got the job. I met a program director who, he still couldn't use me, and, uh, but where was I? Because they had just hired an announcer a few days before, and I didn't tell him I didn't listen to his station. But on the way out, talking all to myself, really, I said, how do you ever get to be a sports announcer if you can't get a job in a radio station? And went on down the hall, and pretty soon I heard a clumping. He was very badly crippled with arthritis and had two canes. And he was yelling out, you big so-and-so, wait. And he caught up with me. The elevator wasn't there yet. And he said, what was that you said about sports? And I said, well, that's what I'd like to be. Well, he said, you know anything about football? And I said, I played it for eight years. He said, could you tell me about a football game? And if I was at home listening to the radio, make me see it? And I said, I think so. So I started in the fourth quarter. And I had the long blue shadows settling over the field and the real wind coming in through the end of the stadium. We didn't have a stadium, we had bleachers. And uh, then I ran a few plays and finally I came up to the big play and I had this and did the big play and made the touchdown with only 20, the play with only 20 seconds to go and so forth. And then I grabbed the microphone and said, that's all. He came in and said, be here Saturday. I'll give you $5 and car fare you are broadcasting the Iowa-Minnesota game for us. Do you think that if Montgomery Wards had hired you for the sports department? I might still be there working in Montgomery Wards. And not President of the United States? <laughs> well, uh, all the things in between that resulted in this wouldn't have happened. I mean, can you imagine Joe Biden telling a good story like that at any time in his life, let alone now, let alone now? Think of him ever attempting to tell it. The only story I've ever heard him tell with that much detail is the corn pop story where the kids have their hands all over his legs under the water and playing with his leg hair. That's the only story I've ever heard from Joe Biden that made any sense. And it was the most disturbing thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Now, look, Ronald Reagan at this time was continually 
mocked by pop culture, by the media, by everybody. They were being totally lost. And, and, and there were moments in this interview where you could see little shades of him becoming more forgetful, maybe not being able to place a name here or there. Let me give you this one for full disclosure. So you can see the worst moment in this interview. Again, it's like a 40-minute interview with Tom Brokaw three, or, yeah, three days before he leaves office and five years before he's d- diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Watch. Do you like current film stars? Do you have some favorites among the, the current uh, crop well, of stars? The, I'll tell you, the lack of continued publicity as we had when the fan magazines existed and everything, and each studio had a publicity department with men that were assigned to a group of performers there to see that their names were constantly before the public. That doesn't exist anymore. And I find a great difficulty in remembering the names. I'll see a face on the screen and say, oh yeah, I remember, saw them in another picture. But uh, the names just don't don't linger. This was like a controversy at the time. That answer, that was a problem for this media. They couldn't believe. You can't even come up with one uh, one celebrity movie star. He's just saying he doesn't remember the names. Now, of course, that could also be he doesn't want to offend people. He doesn't mention and all of the things that go along with with a moment like that, especially somebody so closely tied to Hollywood as Ronald Reagan still was at some level. I, just to give you a sense as to how he was being portrayed in this era, you might remember the song Land of Confusion by Genesis. Here's the video. Morning, dear. Ah, hey, Nance, what a terrible dream. I am parched. That's better. I could use another one of those. heck of a nurse. Now, I will say this. If you have anyone that has two buttons next to their bed, one says nuke, one says nurse, that's just not an efficient way to label buttons. Their name, the words are close. You're waking up on the side of the bed. The other thing is, it seems like the nuke was set, uh, set off very close to him. So I don't know what, what button this would possibly be. But the b- bottom line was they were basically making the argument to the American people. This guy was so out of it, he was going to nuke us at any point. Do you hear that argument from the media today? This guy, Joe Biden, is in the middle of trying to walk the line between us and World War III with nothing but his competence in the way. Does that make you feel comfortable? If it does, let me give you a little commentary from Joe Biden about Russia that will enhance our underlying effort to accommodate the Russian oligarchs uh, and make sure we take their take their their ill-begotten gains. <laughs> We're going to accommodate them. Accommodate them? We're going to seize their yachts, Sweet. their luxury homes and other ill-begotten gains okay. of Putin's kleptocracy. Oh, no. uh, yeah. Restart the engine. Kleptocracy. Oh, the, klep- oh. the guys who are the kleptocracies. <laughs> <laughs> but these are bad guys. Not a moment of mockery from the media on that, but the really bad moment where he couldn't come up with a a current celebrity as he just finished eight years in the White House apparently was a problem. It wasn't just, by the way, talking about pop culture and talking about his life and his career. It was also him talking about the economy and here he is talking about that. You studied economics, among other things. You reminded your advisors of that from time to time. What have you remembered from your Eureka economics courses that have helped you in dealing with the national economy? Well, I, was, I majored in economics and sociology. They were combined, so it was a single major. 
But then, you were really studying at a time when life was in the raw. This was the depths of the Depression. We had a professor, a wonderful old fellow, Daddy Gray, and um, he used to give us outside reading, books by economists to read. And then we'd come in with a book report and so forth, and then we'd discuss it. And I can remember him. He had a sense of humor also. There we were in the depths of the Depression, a book by a noted economist. And when we'd finished reporting and everything, just as the class was concluding, he'd say, uh, it's interesting to note that the author of this book, five weeks before the crash, said he saw no reason why stocks should not continue to rise indefinitely. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> that set you a little straight, but uh, Did yes. it make you suspicious of economists forevermore after that? <laughs> I guess it kind of did. Uh, so he can remember the details of the professor, the lessons that he taught. Um, and now here's Joe Biden falling off his bike. <laughs> <laughs> Do we have that one again by any chance? I want to highlight, if, if it's possible, let me know if it's possible. Watch him as he falls. It's not for falling. He doesn't try to brace himself as he hits the ground. There's no movement at all. His hand comes up like one inch. He comes down like a statue as he's about to hit pavement. That's the disturbing part of that clip. Here is Ronald Reagan talking about the differences between recessions and depressions and the dangers of, a, of an economy that is not thriving. And all of the recessions we've had since, no one who didn't go through the, through the re depression can ever visualize what it was like. 26% unemployment nationwide. The government going on radio with announcements, don't leave home looking for a job, there are none. Well, there were no government programs at that time to take care of, of uh, the people that suddenly were just destitute. My father, from managing a, a shoe store uh, with a kind of work uh, a partnership uh, in the ownership, was out. The shoe store was gone. There are still people in this country now who are homeless, who are still struggling economically and so on. And for some of them, it's a kind of continuation of the Depression is there a parallel between what's going on for some families in this country now and what happened then in your mind? Well, there may be some, because there are a few spots in the country where due to a change in industry and so forth, the principal industries in those communities uh, are gone. And it's a case of either move or bring a new industry into the community and so forth. So there are a few trouble spots. But basically, as you know, 19 million new jobs have been created and the largest percentage of those has gone to the people most in need. And they are better jobs than ever before. And over 90% of them are full-time, not part-time jobs. So it isn't a situation comparable to that. Mm. Quite a record to be able to, uh, to end your presidency with. Um, now, let me ask you this. Have you seen any questions, really, to Joe Biden about Hunter Biden? Have you noticed any? All the stuff that's come out now, he's doing cocaine off of hookers. He's got like 50 hookers in there. He's calling his dad pedo Peter. All of these crazy things that have come out. Have you seen any questions to Joe Biden really about this? Well, in the last interview with uh, Ronald Reagan, they did bring up the family controversies, shockingly. Here's that clip. You've got a very good marriage, but within your own family now, 
there are these strains. Michael has written a book that has been critical of the way the family's been conducted. Patty and Mrs. Reagan are not talking. Is that just an affliction of modern life? Is that how we've changed in this country? Well, it might be. Uh, Patty now, we feel, and I, we haven't given up. Uh, but Patty uh, came up at that age when all the rioting was going on in the campuses, and if I went near one of them, they'd burn me in effigy. Uh, but no, the rest of the family is united. And the book about, that Mike, if you'd read it, it's a very unusual book. Mike was adopted. And this was a book about this. And so the first part of the book is his attitude, which he's now confessing to. But the last part of the book, it's almost as if it's by a different human being. Nancy was the one who told him how to find his real mother when he wanted to. And she was dead, but he found he has a, a brother. Uh, and so the, the last part of it, and we're as close as can possibly be, uh, and he is, I would recommend that book to anyone with adopted children. He was writing of the resentment that was within him about his situation. And it's a, it's a fascinating book. Your daughter has been critical and your son wrote a book about the adoption. That was enough to ask, but not the hookers and the crack and all the deals with China and Ukraine, right? That's nothing, nothing at all. Um, one of the, the, other than the, the part of just noticing these two people who are at the same age, one supposedly before, right before Alzheimer's, and then we have uh, Joe, well, then we have Ronald Reagan, we have Joe Biden. Um, it, it's just, just seeing the difference in these two people. I mean, one is clearly more lucid than the other. The other thing is, would you ever see an interview like that with a Republican? Tom Brokaw is like, he asks some tough questions. He pushes him on stuff like his family and on the economy. But it's generally respectful. He's not swearing at him in the middle of the interview, which I would expect out of today's journalists. It's really amazing. I don't think you could even see that. Um, I went to uh, the Reagan Diaries and, and looked at the entry for this day. He writes, uh, time for the interview briefing. Tom Brokaw says he wants to stick to personal things about my life beginning back in Dixon, Illinois. The interview proceeded, and everyone thinks it went well. Would that happen with a, with a Republican? Would it even be allowed to, to, to happen? Let me give you a vision of today's journalism. Mr. Trump, will you apologize about January 6th? Uh, I mean, think of the difference between Jim Acosta and Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw was no friend of conservatism, but it's hard to be critical of Reagan. It was hard. And here's why. It's easy to be critical. We showed you all the criticism, even from the left, when they were pointing out how bad everything's going. And it, even the left is popping their head out for criticism. It was hard to criticize Ronald Reagan. And I'll, I'll end it here with the last uh, entry of that day in, in his diary. Said Dick Worthen came in with the final figures. Approval rating of 63%, highest for any president in this spot. Rating for handling the Soviets, 81%. My wife, is she likes her wine. Now, if you watched her on the Power Hour the other day, I don't know what she was drinking. Um, but when she's relaxing at home, she'll have a nice glass of wine. And she likes couple of different kinds of wines, usually Riesling or a Moscato, something sweet. 
she does like her sweet wines. And she's no wine expert, though. Like, and she'd tell you this. I don't know how to pick a good one from a bad one. Um, First Leaf does the hard work for you. They make it simple to discover new wines that you'll love without the hit or miss. First Leaf samples over 10,000 wines a year. Is that a, did they count that as a job? I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they sample wines from all over the place and they take the time to learn what you like and what you don't. Uh, and then they send you world-class wines tailored to your taste. If you're not happy with the wine you receive, First Leaf will credit, we, we, we credit you for another. And it doesn't get any simpler than that. You just basically sign up and you get six bottles of wine for $39.95 plus free shipping. Go to firstleaf.com slash stew. Try firstleaf.com slash stew. Get six bottles of wine, $39.95 plus free shipping. It's tryfirstleaf.com slash stew. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government. Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste. We have been invaded. The crisis is being used by Republicans as a photo op by the Democrats to expand their voting base. More than 85% of everybody reaching the border is coming in. That's the definition of an open border. Just down the road, you can get in no problem, no Humvees, no armed guards. What people don't realize is there's a way around everything. The Blaze Originals team traveled to the Texas border, ground zero of the most controversial news story of 2024. With some experts estimating over 4 million border crossings in 2023 alone, we embedded with the Take Our Border Back convoy to investigate. What if the entire narrative you thought you knew was a lie? Go watch the real story of Texas versus the feds and how the elites use the border crisis against us by visiting realbordercrisis.com and use code TEXAS for $30 off an annual subscription to Blaze TV. Joined once again by Glenn Beck. He has a brand new special coming up next right after this stupid show here on Blaze TV. It's called Summer of Rage, The Real Extremists Who Threatened the Republic. And it starts at 9 p.m. Eastern. Don't miss it. Glenn, uh, what's the special about? Can you give us a preview? Yeah, I'm going to give you a couple of uh, pieces. This is about the summer of rage. And the rhetoric doesn't necessarily uh, match uh the people that came to the training and we'll talk about that on tonight's program but this is on day one of the sun, summer of rage this is what they're talking about in in some of their training sessions here's cut one justice is being harassed <laughs> liars <laughs> in robes which they thought would shield them from their cowardice thought they could take away our rights And the thing is, they thought. They thought. They thought they could tell us what to do with our bodies. No. They thought they could make us sit down and shut up. They thought they could run through to a steakhouse and get through a meal without getting harassed, bruh. So uh, th- this is their plan. In fact, listen to the next cut on how they're going to behave in society. We're going to stand up and fight back and we will be ungovernable, 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 ungovernable. Okay, so when you have people that are are claiming to be ungovernable, you can't have a republic. You can't. Um, This society 
relies on people to be governable, to be able to have self-governance. Without that, you have nothing but chaos and a system that would, wait a minute, if the bottom is ungovernable and they rise up, then that would mean that the top, which is in league with the bottom, would come down and together they'd turn everything inside out. Wow, I think I've heard that someplace before. <laughs> yeah, it's been a constant refrain for a very long time on uh, this particular network uh, from you. Um, uh, by the way, I would point out that if someone on stage tells you to chant ungovernable and you chant it in unison, you're being governed. Like, so <laughs> just, a, just a minor. Yeah, um, they don't. It, it seems to slip by them. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? Uh, so we, since we had the Roe versus Wade uh, overturning, we had this promise of Jane's Revenge and other groups that were going to come out and be violent in the streets and, and damage this. We've seen some of that. I would say to, to my eyes so far, uh, maybe a little bit less than I expected. Do you expect this to rise up more in the summer? Are they just taking their time getting organized? Uh, I think that the top is not ready for the bottom to rise up. I expect that we're going to see problems uh, around election time. And it may not become violent uh, beforehand. I mean, if you remember the, the president, the only time that I've ever really heard him address things clearly was the day he addressed the Roe versus Wade verdict. And he said very clearly, no violence no violence so i think they are actually being kept on a leash to some degree um i don't know when that leash comes off but the 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 crazy thing is is um it, do you remember the song revolution by the beatles and uh they said uh you know you want to change the constitution and it talks about but if you're gonna walk around with pictures of chairman mao nobody's gonna listen to you anyhow they are so arrogant and so far to the left that i don't think you're gonna get anything but um weak-minded and uh, real crazies to join in anything that would be violent over the right to kill your baby even after they're born. Um, and, and it's going to scare the American people, just like the progressives did in the 1900s, uh, right before uh, 1920. Um, and then they scared people again. Uh, by 1945 and then the uh, the scare happened um, uh, you know again in the 1960s and they lose every time because they're arrogant mm. this, this brings me back to a discussion we kind of had on radio today uh, going back to you know the, the, the sort of extreme lengths the left seems to be going to all everything from shout your abortion to we're going to burn down cities we're ungovernable all these things, all these really, you know, the the Ibram uh, Kendi stuff, the CRT uh, nonsense, the gender craziness that we've seen, all these things are, I think, shocking to Americans. And you've talked about this for a long time. This, in some ways, can be kind of a good thing for sanity. Sometimes illustrating the craziness helps bring people back to the truth. So Martin Luther King, and I've quoted him on this for years, and he is right. 
And we haven't had we've always had an escape hatch. The left has always had an escape hatch, but they just barred that door. Um, But Martin Luther King used to say, if you put good versus evil side by side, the American people will see the difference and they will choose good. Okay, the problem has been we'd show things like fundamental transformation of America and we have to change our language and our history, um, uh, you know, and our traditions. And people would look at that and go, yeah, but that's out of context that that's they, they would never really do that. They're just talking to their base. Now people are seeing, oh, they are serious about killing children. Elizabeth Warren now wants to shut down women's health care because of the misinformation and the dangerous lives, which include calling a fetus a baby. That's not where the American people are. Democrats, I think, and I don't know if it's the majority anymore, but I do think the Democrats uh, um, that live in the center of the country uh, still think that their party is not radical. It's not Marxist. But because they are so arrogant, and quite honestly, because of, in some ways, the blessing of Donald Trump losing the election, we are on to them, and they are so arrogant, they're pulling off the mask and going, yes, that's who we are. Uh, And people are taken aback. And that's waking people up, I think, including some Democrats. Uh, I like that. The, the, the blessing of the election. It's like what we've tried to do with COVID over the past couple of years. Ah, you know, we've been able to spend more time with our family and, and that's good. Let's pull the positive yeah. thing out of it. But you're right. Long term, yeah. it, it may wind up doing uh, some good. Uh, you just came back from vacation this week. Uh, you, mm. you were off uh, for a, a little while and spending time kind of in uh, not in a city. Uh, kind of in the middle of nowhere, almost uh, dealing with regular people doing regular things. Kind of. Yeah. Well, really, <laughs> in the middle of nowhere, um, yeah. and and dealing with regular people yeah. kind of living their lives. I, every time this happens with you, you seem to like be able to pull out nuggets of of perspective from it. Did, were you able to do that over vacation? Did you talk to people in that way? Um. Yeah. What I've sensed from people is. Uh, I think different. Um, I sense a a resolve in two directions. They are starting to go. They're starting to have the resolve of this is bad. This is not just potentially bad. This is bad, and that switch, uh, getting out of the denial of what's happening, what's really happening, is really important. Um, I I also think there is a switch that has gone off where some people are saying we're going to have to be in civil war and other people are saying are talking more like Abraham Lincoln. Um, and uh, I, I think it's just the. It's just the understanding that everybody has when you're at a gas station we can't continue this way and and the government is going in the other direction and they they now know it they see it 
Uh, so we have the wide spectrum of we're going to have a civil war all the way to the guy who is the president during the civil war. Uh, so really, I don't know. That doesn't make me exactly optimistic for the future. Yeah, well, is Lincoln, it the economy? But, you know, remember, Lincoln was malice toward none. You have yeah. to stand, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's that's, I guess, what I see when I say resolve, you know, just standing up in the school board meeting. It's very clear you have to stand um, and it's not going to get better if you don't say anything. And the time is very, very late because it's worse than people expected, and they're actually seeing it in practice now. Mm. Uh, Last one for you here. Uh, You came back from a vacation. Uh, Usually there's some huge story that's been on your mind, and you can't wait to get on the air to talk about it. I I think if people were predicting what that story might be, I don't think they would have picked Sri Lanka, but that's where you went with the first (laughs) segment of radio this week, and it really is a fascinating story. Yeah, and um, we haven't talked about this. We haven't had a second since Monday to talk about this on the air. Hopefully, we'll get to it tomorrow. Um, but Sri Lanka, there was a uh, story about five years ago, uh, maybe maybe sooner than that, maybe three years ago, from the World Economic Forum. And they said Sri Lanka is going to be the test case for the Great Reset um, and for, um, you know, uh, uh, modern monetary theory and, and all of it. Uh, no fertilizer for farmers. And the headline that they had on their own website was, this is how we are going to make Sri Lanka rich by 2025. Well, if you noticed, Sri Lanka just burned down the presidential palace. Um, He's in hiding, about to leave the country. Um, People are starving. They don't have uh, gasoline and fuel. The farmers can't produce anything. Uh, The economy has collapsed. Uh, And what happened? Well, I talked about that story on Monday, and that story was on WEF.org. After I spoke about it, within probably an hour to two, that story was off the WEF website. Mm. Uh, they have tried to hide the truth, uh, but this was their grand experiment. You want to know where America is headed? Look at what's happening in Sri Lanka. Mm. Look what's happening in in Holland with the Dutch farmers. Look what's happening now in Germany with the farmers. Look what's about to happen in America with our farmers. Well, chaos in Germany, what could possibly go wrong? Uh, Glenn Beck, new special is Summer of Rage, <laughs> the new, the real extremists who threaten the republic. It's coming up next at 9 p.m. Eastern. Stay tuned. As always, make sure to subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash stew. The promo code is stew to save 10 bucks. You get access to all the great shows here on Blaze TV. Glenn, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, Stu. Not not too long ago, um, we just talked to Glenn Beck. He was uh, having some issues with his real estate agent. And I remember quite clearly because he was talking about it all the time. He was not a happy camper at that particular moment. And over time, he said, yeah, maybe we should come up with a solution on this instead of just complaining about it. So that's why we have realestateagentsitrust.com. It's a site that Glenn started a while ago to help you find the best real estate agent in your area, whether you're buying or you're selling a home. You need somebody who's going to be able to be on top of the market, have the best results in your area, someone who's doing this full-time, who's dedicated to this and dedicated to making your home sale or purchase 
go extremely well. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're moving from a blue state to a red state, doing a little commute, maybe you're, uh, you're changing your life in, in a positive way with a move from California to Florida. If you're doing something like that, you need realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now. They'll give you uh, all the details that you need at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The merch was a big hit at the uh, Power Hour the other night. A bunch of people had merch on. We were able to give a bunch away as well. If you haven't ever seen our entire line of stuff, usually making fun of the left, it's at stewdoesmerch.com. We, of course, have the, you see up there, the Senility Now t-shirt. We have the t-shirt, we have the stickers, the mugs, and everything else. Uh, that might have been the one to talk about today because uh, Joe seems to be fading. Uh, it's uh, it's not, not, not a good situation. We have that. We've got the Nancy Pelosi pens and the brand new 62422 uh, merch, mugs, T-shirts, everything else. That's the date that Roe versus Wade was overturned. Kind of a simple reminder of a really important day. You can get it all at stewdoesmerch.com. Stewdoesmerch.com. The code is stew10 to save 10%. It's never good when your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there have been unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that have affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. That's a problematic quote for me, uh, from your Treasury Secretary. You know who did understand real, the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. And it's not too late to take action right now. You can text STU to 989898. The inflation numbers came out today, 9.1% above expectations yet again. It's 989898. Text the word STU to that number. You get a free info kit on diversifying your and protecting your savings with precious metals. It's Birch Gold. Uh, 989898 is the number. Text that uh, word STU to 989898 and claim your free, no obligation, info kit on protecting your savings with gold. The FDA has approved a brand new COVID vaccine. And you might say, who cares about that? And you, you, very few people, honestly, uh, care about that. The only reason I bring it up, it's the Novavax vaccine. And the one interesting thing about it is when the mRNA vaccines were coming out, and there was a lot, the people who were skepti skeptical of, of those vaccines, like Dr. Robert Malone, who's been on uh, the radio show before, he's kind of one of the leading skeptics on these vaccines. Uh, he cited the Novavax vaccine as the one you should get if you're going to get a vaccine. Uh, it's more of a, the old school style vaccine. So if you happen to be interested in that, it is going to be available pretty soon. Uh, interesting thing going on with the, of course, America's team, the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies are playing the Blue Jays right now in Canada. And what we're seeing in each series in Canada is that people cannot cross the border without being vaccinated. So some players uh, on the opposing team can't come. JT Realmuto is one of the best players on the Phillies, and he did not uh, he could not go because he is unvaccinated. He said, I'm not going to let Canada tell me what I do and do not put in my body. Seems reasonable to me, although the other part maybe not as reasonable as he said, why am I going to do that just for a little bit of money? And then it was revealed he'd be forfeiting two hundred and sixty two thousand dollars. 
So not not a little bit of money. I can't tell you how many things I would put into my body for two hundred sixty two thousand dollars. The list is long. Uh, but uh, good for him for standing up and, and not not falling to that. By the way, the next series for the Blue Jays is against the Kansas City Royals. It just come out that 10 players on their 26-man roster will not make the trip. 10 out of 26. Almost half the team can't come. And they sucked with those players. So imagine how bad they will be without them. a few days off coming up uh, soon, but we'll have lots of great stuff for you uh, coming on the feeds as well. Make sure to keep checking. And of course, you can get all the great conservative programming, more than you can possibly eat at blazetv.com slash stew. The promo code there is stew. You'll save 10 bucks off that subscription. You'll get Glenn Beck and Stephen Crowder, Mark Levin, Pat Gray, all the great shows that we have here on Blaze TV. Check it out. Blazetv.com slash stew.